What's going on, everybody? Hockey Dudes Podcast with another episode here. I am at my house, which is probably why, yeah, as you figure, that the epi sounds like it is being recorded on a um, little Tykes machine. That's because it's basically what I have. Cheapest, dirtiest equipment I've found on facebook marketplace is right here on my kitchen table and i'm rocking and rolling i do have a nice little on-air light you can see that on my instagram page don't follow me on instagram you'll be severely disappointed but if you did really want to it's just hayden hylosorn okay anyway not the point let's get going here with the epi obviously i was watching the jackets game last night um tuesday was my night off where i just i didn't work all day so tuesday was basically my saturday so I did something I probably shouldn't have done. I pumped way more money than I probably should have into my gambling account. And I took some picks that ended up killing me. First of all, I made a parlay of non-hockey picks where Baylor ended up screwing me. Baylor basketball lost their first game in 15 or in 21 games. And of course, it was the night that I bet on them in a parlay to win like $400. Thanks, Baylor. Appreciate it. And then I also took the Blue Jackets in a parlay. <laughs> the Blue Jackets were parlayed with Florida, um, the Penguins, and then the over in Toronto and Vegas, which ended up pushing. But the one thing that I did lose in all those picks was the Blue Jackets. And so, you know, I mean, I was locked into the game anyway, seeing how they do. They had just won their last game at home, and I thought, hey, let's see if we can uh, keep it rolling here, you know? You just beat the Devils. You kind of got them back after them getting you at their place. You come home, and now you're playing back-to-back nights, uh, back-to-back home games, I should say. Not back-to-back nights, but back-to-back home games. Montreal got canceled, so you got a nice little break at home. And I was feeling pretty confident in the Jackets. I really thought, okay, yeah, you know, the Chicago team is kind of underperformed. They didn't have Seth Jones. Don't know if you guys know who that is. Pretty solid player. He was not in last night for Chicago. Amy Jones made it very clear on Twitter that it is not COVID-related because he's feeling he's feeling fine, so he does not have COVID. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Hey, he's feeling good, even though he... he tested positive for covid i'm i'm pretty sure that's what i'm pretty sure that's what it was i assume i assume that's what it was i don't see why other what other reason i don't know if he's been battling health injuries or or what health injuries yes of course but i don't know i don't know why why seth jones wouldn't have wanted to play in his return to columbus but he didn't play last night and we knew that going into the game before i put money on him so i put money on the jackets and the jackets did not look good not play good hockey game. I don't really feel like getting too much into it. There's other hockey stories I want to get to on this episode today, but I, of course, need to. We'll go over it real quick. Coates lost to the Blackhawks two to four. Um, Boone Jenner got the team going pretty early with his goal, and that was in the first period. It was another just nice little Gustav Nyquist coming across the uh, coming out from behind the net this little backhander and Boone Jenner does what he does best and that's just smack home tappins. Boone Jenner 
is leading this team in goals and I just want to do a compilation, honestly, of all of them that are tap-ins because there's so many of them. This guy just loves scoring tap-ins. I don't know if anybody else noticed that, but it's like you put a C on his chest and all of a sudden he's like, I got to get goals. And where does he go to get goals? He goes to dirty areas and he just gets tap-ins and he banks them. He puts them in and it's sad to say, but that's kind of the only scoring the Jackets have really done as of late. It hasn't been a whole lot of other production from a lot of other guys. And, I mean, Oliver Bjorkstrand, by golly, by golly, by golly. The guy's been absolutely vacant. Uh, he had twenty. He has 25 points in 32 games, Oliver does. But this was a guy that I thought would, based off the way that he started the year, was going to get 80 points. I mean, the way the guy was lighting it up. And then here in his last few games, and obviously <laughs> I shouldn't say that I really expect him to get 80 points. I obviously thought at some point he would slow down and it would catch up to him a little bit. But I just thought, you know, he's a, a, a guy that has only ascended in his career. Since he took the ice, I think it was five years ago for the Jackets, since he's been with us coming out of that, uh, Calder Cup victory with the Monsters. He's only gotten better year after year. So I just figured, I was like, hey, maybe this guy actually can be an 80-point guy. You know, the Blue Jackets haven't had a lot of them. Uh, I actually think Panarin and Rick Nash might be the only two 80-point guys we've ever had. I know Panarin for sure. I actually don't know about Rick Nash. I don't know if he's... It wasn't Rick Nash wasn't necessarily a, a, a passer. But Bjorkstrand was kind of both those. He's kind of both those things. He's kind of a goal scorer and he's a good passer. You know, he gets a lot of assists. So I thought, okay, this guy's going to be ascending upward at year after year. I mean, you look at it. His first full time season with the Jackets, forty points, and then a couple years of with some injuries where he had just about forty points, and then last year he had forty four points in half the games. Yes, he had forty. He had forty points in fifty six games. So just track that. 40, 44 points in 56 games last year. And the year before, or yeah, I'm getting sidetracked. I'm getting I'm bouncing all over the place here. He had 44 points in 56 games last year, which was his fourth full-time season with the Jackets. His first full-time season of the Jackets, he had 40 points in 82 games. And he's just slowly increased. Like he's, his his point per game has increased every year. Okay, God, just say that his point per game has increased every year. So I thought, okay, he was pretty much a point a game guy last year, just about. And you know, maybe with a bigger role with this team, getting some of the forwards that were taking up some space out of the way. You know, getting rid of Cam Atkinson and Nick Foligno. Maybe this team, maybe this is a good place for him to be that veteran forward that you know can move the puck distribute it to some young guys and you know with line a fully back from from injury and of course he's line a was gone for a month but now that he's I, I don't know I just thought I just thought it was the little I actually thought it was realistic that Bjorky could be an 80 point guy and then here we are in uh January middle of January and he has 25 points in 32 games he's been about the same guy that he's been his whole career. In fact, he's kind of regressed. He had two goals the other night against Jersey, but um, other than that, he had one goal in the. 
has one goal in the six games prior and not a lot of points to go along with it. In fact, four straight games, uh, five of six games in a row with no points. So take that as you will. I, I don't know what to I don't know what to think about that other than he's clearly slowed down. I don't know. I mean, is this this is this guy just another Cam Atkinson? I don't know. But so that's why the Blue Jackets aren't scoring as much now. I did see my guy Bucket Hat Kyle go on to Twitter and he did post that video of the Blue Jackets giving up the third goal of the night where the defense was just kind of just watching. And I'm gonna say something here, and I actually agree with Bucket Hat Kyle. The defense has not looked good. So a lot of times when I see people trying to analyze hockey on Twitter, and I don't know much more about hockey than other people do. I mean, I I play it in beer league, and I've been watching it my whole life. That's really not different than a lot of other people. So, But I, I do think playing the game, even in the smallest fashion, can give you a little bit of perspective that maybe the – the average person who has never put on ice skates would understand. So, like, usually when I see a guy like Kyle, and Kyle loves hockey. He's been watching it longer than I have since he's older than I am. Usually I, he, when I see him commenting on how the team should play, I'm, 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 my first instinct is, well, this guy's crazy. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. But I was watching the video, and it was on the third goal of the night where once the, once the Blackhawks scored that third goal, you just kind of knew the game was over. It was on that third goal of the night. Blackhawks score, and you just see a lot of Blue Jackets just standing around, and it's just tic-tac-toe play. Blackhawks are snapping it around. And I, I'm not going to lie, those goals happen when the team is doesn't have their head on the swivel, isn't ready to play defense, is kind of being lazy in the zone, and that's exactly what happened. Now, Line, who is a forward, a winger, isn't always expected to go down to that circle spot and play defense on that guy necessarily. His job as a forward is kind of to float around near the blue line and be ready for a a pass that goes to the defenseman or be ready for a puck that's coming along the board so he can pick it up and help the team get out of the zone. So in a way, a lot of times forwards aren't really expected to play a lot of defense when when the defense is set up in the zone defending against an offensive possession from your opponent in this case the Blackhawks and the Blackhawks just snapped it around now granted just because it may not be in your job description necessarily to cover certain areas and play defense it would be nice to see a, a, some more sticks and lanes line a I, I I can fully agree with that there like I I don't know I and I sit here and I question, does Brad Larson have this team in the right mindset night after night? That, I I don't know. I actually just don't know. I don't know about Brad Larson. I'm not going to be super quick to make a judgment on him at all in any of this, no matter what happens, simply because I've seen for years the Red Wings just be absolute crap at hockey. The Red Wings were, were garbage year after year being bottom of the Atlantic Division. And they just kept bringing back Jeff Blashill, and now, <laughs> and now here they are. They're competing for a playoff spot. So Jeff Blashill's been there for what, like six years, and the guy hasn't made the playoffs once. And now, you know, I I don't think it's necessarily this is something like oh, uh, Brad Larson needs to be put on the hot seat. No, one one thing that Brad Larson 
that we knew about Brad Larson going into this year is that he was going to be coaching a team that needed some serious restructuring. And that's what this is. This is just restructuring. So 10 minutes on the coats. Said I wasn't going to do it. I did it. I hate myself for it. I feel dirtier coming out of the other side of that 10 minutes. Let's move on. Okay. The Panthers game. The Panthers game. <laughs> so, the Panthers last night uh, come home from a little road trip, little homecoming, if you will, and they're taking on the Canucks. And I actually love to see this. I actually love to see videos from Panthers games and can see in the videos that there's fans there. <laughs> That's great to see. Not because of COVID. Not because of COVID, but because nobody usually goes to Panthers games. And now there's people at Panthers games because the team's good. And the team has a chance to win the Atlantic Division. The team has a chance to go on and win the Stanley Cup. I mean, I I don't think that's a shocker to anybody. They have 53 points in 36 games. Uh, they're 6-3-1 and one in their last 10. They've won two in a row. They're the hottest team in hockey. They're the, they're, now, they're not the hottest team in hockey, but they've had – They've they've clearly established themselves as a legitimate contender based off the based off their record purely, and then also based off the way that they score goals. I mean, they got guys that are popping off all over the place, and uh, Barkov, Sam Bennett, like you know Anthony Duclair, who's not having that bad of a year. Like they just they're very well put. Jonathan Huberto, Aaron Black, Aaron Ekblad, guys that have just been um, incredible for them, and. Now here they are in a year where it's year three of Sergei Bobrovsky. And a lot of people going into this year thought um, maybe Spencer Knight was going to take his job. Well, Sergei Bobrovsky, he's, he's played better. He's, I mean, he's 17. He's got a record of 17 and three. I mean, that's, that's, that's about as good as it gets. He's not playing like the lights out hockey that he was his Vesna years, but he kind of doesn't have to when he's got guys up front that are doing the job for him. I said Sam Bennett back there. I didn't. I didn't mean to say that. I meant to say uh, Sam Reinhart, excuse me, guy who used to play uh, for Buffalo, not uh, Bennett, who played for um, the Flames. So I just wanted to clear that one up. Um, he's having a hell of a year, Reinhart, 29 points in 33 games. So this team's young. This team's fast. They got Barkov off the IR now, so they're really – have their heads up and um they've been kind of been been leaning this way for a couple years now so like they've had time to kind of build a fan base now kodak black (laughs) kodak black who is a florida man to say the absolute least kodak black is a florida man who loves florida sports i mean we've seen him at like gators games saying that he wants to go to school there after the game, people laughing at him. But I mean this guy this guy loves this guy loves Florida. All right. He is king he's the king of Florida. If I give one person the crown, you are the ultimate Florida man. It's Kodak Black. I don't think there is anything needs to be more I mean f- music is fire. Uh I'm trying to think um what's one song Transporting? That's a good song. Some Transporting, uh Z Z Yeah. It's easy. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, 
he's got some good he's got some good tunes. He's got some good tunes. And he was at the Panthers game last night and you know, they did this whole thing at the beginning of the game where he's running around, you know, Kodak Black's in the house. Woo! And then later in the game, he's up in his suite. So he started off in the game in the lower bowl, like I think either glass seats, and then he ends up later in the game being up in the suite. By the way, Panthers kicked the 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 absolute dick out of the Canucks last night. Of course, like they like they should. And you know, the vibes are good. And maybe the vibes were a little too good for Kodak Black because somebody from across the arena caught a video of him just having his lady just go to town on him. Um, I hope you've all seen the video by now, but yes, not safe for work. Kodak Black had his girlfriend, I assume. I don't know who it is. I think it's his girlfriend. It was the girl that was with him in the glass seats earlier, or just a girl that he just had. I don't know. But she was that going to absolute town on him. And it wasn't just like she was just grinding on him in the suite. I don't want to analyze the video too much, but Kodak Black is good. He's, he's, I mean, his toes are curled in that video, to say the absolute least. I mean, he is hunched over. He's like in a golf stance, like frozen, like the way that she's going on him. So I think people are just assuming that. Maybe there was some skin-to-skin contact. I don't want to speculate too much, but I definitely think there could have been just because this was not just the typical grind situation. Now, I've I've already thought too long and deep about this, so I'm just going to stop, but I'm actually going to spin zone this and do a good thing for Florida. This is a great thing for the Florida Panthers. This is If you're a hockey fan, this is something that you absolutely love to see. You... You love to see that, one, he's going to... Nobody can say he didn't have a good time at the Panthers game, right? He clearly was enjoying himself at the Panthers game, and that's something that you need spread wide and far on the internet. Now, granted, the the Panthers didn't provide that service for them. That was something that he brought there himself, but nonetheless, the vibes at in Sunshine, Florida were just immaculate. Now, if you guys don't know anything about the Panthers Arena, it's way out in between Fort Lauderdale and um, Miami and kind of way closer to the Everglades where there's just swamp. Like, literally, if you've ever been to uh, South Beach, that whole kind of Florida-Miami area, it's a big city, very big city, two cities, really, just a very highly populated area. But there's a point where there's literally a road and there's just pure city next to you on the left if you're driving south. And then on the right, it's just swamp. Like legit, just the the Everglades where nobody lives except for gators. Millions of alligators just live out there. Like this, the arena is so far away from anything really where any part of town is popping that it's like it, it makes sense why absolutely nobody has gone to games there over the years because it's just in the middle of nowhere. It's just in a parking lot out there now the team's playing good you got Kodak Black showing up to the arena um I don't know if the Panthers paid him to be there they might as well pay they might as well pay him to be there I think if you're the Panthers you absolutely lean into this you're South Beach baby like you are Miami's hockey team like this is that kind of like club atmosphere it it is what you I think want to try to create while you're down there, right? Like, like, look at what Vegas is creating out in uh, Vegas. They're creating, like, this casino showman-type atmosphere. Lean into the club thing. I mean, you haven't had that building popping like that since 
like ever. Like you've never had the building popping the way that uh, Kodak Black had that arena going last night when he's just going to town on his girl. So credit the Panthers. Credit the Panthers. I don't know if he got kicked out or anything. I hope they didn't kick him out. I hope they at least had a chance to, um, I guess, finish the business, if you will. But I think Kodak Black is carrying Florida hockey the way that he absolutely authentically would do it. You know? I mean, that is pure... And like, granted, like I know, of course, there's kids in the building, but I mean, it's not like anything was flashing. It's not like you could see anything. You couldn't. You couldn't actually prove that what he was doing was indecent. I mean, she's just having a fun time at the hockey game, and he's just, if anything, Kodak Black is completely innocent. You know, Kodak. Reports are that she had like lost a contact lens, and he was like helping her look for it. Was all just giving her another set of eyeballs as she was hunched over the stairs just trying to look for it, you know? So, granted, take that as you will, but the Florida Panther hockey team, completely buzzing. The atmosphere down in South Beach is completely electric, and, you know, I think Florida is a pretty good destination for folks from the Midwest, and I know there's a lot of folks in the Midwest and in Columbus that like hockey. If you have some free time over spring break, I'd absolutely consider taking a trip down there and catching a hockey game and getting that kind of club atmosphere going. That's completely awesome. That is absolutely something hockey needs. And in an all-serious note, maybe tone it down a little bit, obviously, but find a way. I would challenge you to find a way, if you can, Florida, to lean into that kind of fun, kind of relaxed club environment because that's exactly what you need to build for the people of South Florida. They're not native to the sport of hockey. They don't know what the sport of hockey is. They can't play that. Because there's no ice in Florida. They play basketball and football and baseball and soccer, but they don't play hockey. You are the only hockey team there. Meet them in the middle. Speak their language a little bit. You know what I mean? Get get, get the little club atmosphere going. All right, and then to move on a little bit more here, I saw that Evgeny Malkin made the trip out to Anaheim to play the Ducks last night. He had missed a, quite a bit of time, and, you know, Penguins have won nine of their last ten games. They have cruised their way back into a playoff spot, and I think they will find their way into the top three here in the Metropolitan Division and I think have a legitimate chance at winning the Metropolitan Division just, you know, from the simple fact that they have Sidney Crosby now in the lineup. They still got Chris Letang, and then they got Evgeny Malkin. Now Now they got their big three. And Malkin had two goals in his return to Anaheim last night. They won four to one. And uh, Malkin had this to say after the game. He just said, "I am score." So, um, if you're if you don't want to see the Penguins win another Stanley Cup, I would just I would just pack your bags and move out into the desert right now. And I kind of wouldn't watch hockey for just set your watch like um, seven more months. I wouldn't. I actually no. Uh, let's let's get this thing going until October. I would set your watch for like ten months. Set your timer for ten months. Go out into the woods and just you know hunt rabbit and stuff because the Penguins are looking like a legit um, playoff contending team, a Stanley Cup contending team. And if you got a Russian uh, center saying "I am score" after he scores two goals in his first return against a the Ducks team, who also I think is still pretty good and still could make the playoffs, 
then uh, yeah, that's that's bad news. That's bad news. And um, listen, here's something about the Penguins too. I think I've kind of I think the Penguins have won the battle against me. I think I'm willing as a Blue Jackets fan to just tuck the tail between my legs and just roll over and just say, "Yep, I am submissive to you, Penguins," because what you guys have built over there is incredible. The players that you've drafted have outlasted um, two rebuilds that my team has drafted and built, and you've won two playoff series against me, and where the Jackets have only won three games to the Blue Jackets winning eight games. Or no, the Jackets have won three games. Penguins have won eight games against us. They have three cups in those many years. Like It's just ridiculous what they've built over there with the same guys, Crosby, Malkin, and Chris Letang. Like, it's just... It's insane. It really is. And it's something unparalleled that I've really, it's kind of nice to see, you know, it really is. It's kind of like, oh yeah, these are the guys that I used to hate. Like, it's like seeing Darth Vader pop up in uh, Rogue One. It's like, oh yeah, like, I think a lot of people used to really hate that guy. And look at him, he's still kicking ass in movies in 2017. Like, that's that's who you love. Except, you know, this is 2021. Guys that were kicking ass in 08, still kicking ass today. And I kind of appreciate that, and I love any Russian that just comes to the media after a game and just says, I am score. That's incredible. I love that. Huge fan of that. So, good for you, Evgeny. I'm glad. I, and I love Evgeny Mulkin. I honestly, like, Sidney Crosby's been the guy I think Blue Jackets, have, Blue Jackets fans have hated a lot more. Just because, well, one, he has a girl's name. Nothing wrong with having a girl's name. It's just, I think that just rubs people the wrong way. Like, you have a girl's name. Um, it's not right that a guy would be named Sydney when there's plenty of other women out there named Sydney that are trying to make their own way in this world. So for you as a guy to be the most famous Sydney, you could have been the most famous Hayden. I would have I would have I would have hated you more for it, but that I think you would have more respect from the world. Like you're just you you can make any name famous, Mr. Best hockey player of all time. Like why would you make a woman's name famous. Why wouldn't you leave that up to a woman to do? So that that's my reasoning for not liking Sidney Crosby. And also the fact that he's just kicked the absolute snot out of my team for years and years and years and years and years. And I've seen multitudes of people buy Penguins jerseys, even though they live in Columbus, even though that they also do claim to be Blue Jackets fans. They also love Pittsburgh. That just makes me mad. Like pick a city between the two cities. You can't have both. This team is division rivals. This team wears black and yellow, and that pisses a lot of people here off because they're Browns fans, they're Bengals fans, they're Reds fans, they're Indians fans. Like, you know, black and gold is a is no no colors there. Unless of course it's soccer. Then then we're all for the black and gold in soccer, aren't we? Isn't that how it all works? But nevertheless, congratulations to the Penguins for winning the twenty twenty two Stanley Cup. Um, if you got Evgeny Malkin saying I am score after games that's incredible. So big of you. Um, and then I just also had this little thing here about Leah Hextall. And I'm just not going to get into it. I'm just going to let you do your research, let you formulate your own opinions on Leah Hextall as a sports commentator. She was calling the Red Wings and Sharks game last night. And I do follow a lot of Red Wings fans on Twitter because they are the closest original six team to Columbus. They were the team that my family was fans of before they were Blue Jackets fans. So I obviously have a few ties to Detroit in that way, in in a a little love for that city, if you will. So 
I was just seeing some of their comments. And I think this might have been the first Red Wings game that was called by Leah Hextall. Leah Hextall is that ESPN Plus broadcaster who is the play-by-play for the late-night West Coast games. And I can say this just to wrap up the show real quick. As a gambler, and I'll get into t- I'll also will sh- share Tommy's picks for the night. Not my picks. I've been cold really bad, in a bad way cold. But as a gambler, I've watched these late-night West Coast games, you know, as I'm laying in bed. Got the ESPN Plus been a godsend, by the way. The fact that I can just get on the ESPN app, watch a hockey game in bed with my AirPods in, and just rock myself to sleep watching the Ducks just absolutely get hounded by the Penguins and Chris Letang give me fantasy points. That's fantastic. I love that. But anyway, of course, I'm watching, and any time I pull up a game and Leah Hextall's doing it, I just am like, oh my gosh. Like, And I just, I can't watch the game. And I hate bringing her down because I absolutely love the fact that, I really do love the fact that ESPN decided to go a different route and just not hire some old man to do uh, more. There's enough old men calling sports these days. So I'm glad that they thought outside of the box and let's hire this like this new up-and-coming uh, Leah Hextall who has called plenty of college games, plenty of international games. Let's hire her to do our late-night West Coast. Let's just stick her in that slot. Let's give her her chance. She hasn't been good. I mean, and and here's the thing. This is just one thing true in broadcasting. I kind of have a nasally voice, so I'm kind of uh, at a disadvantage for that. Other people have nasally voices. You can sometimes just not make it in broadcasting based off the way that your voice sounds. And I don't know what it is about Leah Hextall, but she does, in a, in a way, have this voice that sticks out that almost overpowers the game. Okay, it overpowers the game, and that's kind of my problem with it. And I know that's nothing that she can actually change. So I am willing to just leave that aside and say that is not why I don't like her calling games. Okay, but when you pair that with calling multiple players' names wrong throughout the night, you're just like talking just to talk, and you're not getting even the right players' names right. I think multiple times they messed up uh, Bertuzzi and uh, Nemestikov. I think his name was getting messed up. I just saw Red Wings fans were very, very upset. And granted, are they too upset? Yes. Just don't get that upset. It's not your job to defend this team. I mean, but also that being said, you voice in your opinion could hopefully hopefully Leah Hextall and she's a, and she's she's professional enough i think she can look at the critiques and hopefully change the way that she calls games in a way that is more accommodating towards the fan cuz remember it's about it's about the game and it's about the fans not about you you know and so hopefully Leah can change all that i'll let you be the opinion of her i think I think she has a bright career in hockey, in calling games. I just hope that she handles the criticism the wrong way. And I hate to see the criticism that she's getting just based on the fact that she is who she is. That's not fair. But you can't have that disadvantage against you in broadcasting and also call the game the wrong way is all I'll say on that. And... Yeah, so I'll, I just wanted to point that out, that people are frustrated with Leah Hextall. Me, not because of the reason that other people are. I think it's just because I just have a hard time focusing on the game. 
I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if if it's the verbiage she's using. I don't know if it's the I don't know if the, her mic is up too loud. Be, take that as you will. If you have ESPN Plus, tune into any of the late night games, and you'll understand what I'm talking about. But uh, other than that, I'll get you out on some hockey picks here because I gotta go pick up my little brother. We're gonna hit the rink today. I'm gonna go snap it around with him and Tom. But here are some of Tom's picks. <laughs> Um, Tommy tonight, he likes Dallas minus one and a half. He likes pasta to get more than two points or at plus 254. And then Austin Matthews to get two or more points against the uh, Coyotes at plus 136. Um, and then he also has, uh, I think I said stars minus one and a half against who are the stars playing? She, oh, the Kraken. He likes Toronto minus one and a half against the Coyotes. And then he likes Boston minus one and a half tonight against the Habitants. Tuca back in that tonight. So you'll love to see that. All right. That's all my that's all the picks for today. Take that as you will. I'll be betting every single one. And uh yeah, I gotta get out of here. So peace and love to all you guys. And just remember to uh tell your dog about the hockey dudes.